Welcome back to Soulback. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here back with Ed. Ed, we're live and we're on camera now, just like Player. we promised. We are. We lived up to our promises. We are live. We are in color. We are doing everything all digital and virtual and Zoom-like like everybody else. Look at Soulback catching up to the world. Yep, and Tom couldn't make it for this one. What is Tom up to now? Was there a chicken that needed to be grilled? <laughs> Possibly. I think he's doing daddy stuff again, but got to leave him to that. Yeah, daddy daycare over at the Leo's house. I give him props for that. I'll give him a hard time next time, though. <laughs> Ed, can we start off, because this is a special episode and we haven't done one of these, uh, can we start off with a play a please award? We're going to start with a play a please award? We usually save that for the end. Okay. <laughs> well, I was on Twitter. I was scrolling through my thing. Uh-huh. And normally I don't read your tweets because you're, you're you're talking crazy on there. First of all, those tweets need to be educating the populace. So read them and get your education on. But continue. Uh, you retweeted this video of uh, Twenty One Savage, some commercial that he was doing, and uh, your your boy Keith Sweat was there. Can yes. you please uh, detail what was going on in this? Because I had okay. no idea. I can't tell you what was going on in this. So everybody kept tagging me in this video. If you were on Twitter. Um, on Saturday night, you may have seen my boy King Keith trending. And listen, any day we can use to appreciate the greatness that is King Keith, I'm always here for it. But we, there was this video going around, and it's 21 Savage. It's almost hard to explain, <laughs> but there's 21 Savage seasoning some chicken in the most sad way. That chicken ain't had no seasoning on it. But anyway, <laughs> he's trying to season this chicken. He needs some help, so comes around the corner. But the legend himself keeps sweat. So they come, and then 21 is talking about he needs his help with this playlist of 80s mm-hmm. and 90s music because you see he didn't ask about any 2010s R&B nope. because there ain't no love up in that <laughs> joint. So he wanted this mood-setting playlist for, I guess, his significant other that he was making this dry chicken for. So they start going through the playlist. The best part was <laughs> when 21 suggested a R. Kelly song. And Keith just gave him the player please face. Wow. And and he was like, <laughs> next song. Like, that's my boy. It's just, it was hilarious. I don't know what this video is about. I don't know what it's taken from. I don't know what the point is. But 21 Savage and Keith Sweat, seasoning chicken, creating playlists. And, of course, they had to add Keith songs on it as well. I don't know what was going on, but it was a good time. Well, how would you rate 21 Savage's version of Nobody? How would I rate it? Well, Keith, how would I? Keith, Keith seemed impressed. Keith was being very nice. You know how when it's like it's look, it's the holidays and you have the family over and it's that one cousin that drives you crazy and it's like, look at me do my dance and the dance is terrible and all the adults just say, oh yeah, baby, let them use you, let the Lord use you, baby, yeah, go on. That thing was terrible. Keith was being nice. I also love how Keith had to say baby a hundred times because of course he did. Well, it is Keith Sweat, but since we're it on is. that topic here, Ed, what are some of your go-to R&B bedroom ballads and jams? Because we love R&B, and a lot of R&B is based in that type of music, that, that, that subject matter. So give me some that come to mind. All you got to do, player, that's very simple, because we already talked about it being Keith Sweat Appreciation Night on, on Saturday night. All you gotta do is throw on that 1996 Keith Sweat album from front wow. to back. Twelve bedroom bangers, back to back to back to back. They got a little bit, just a touch, kind of keeps the tempo up a little bit. That's okay. You can have ups and downs in the bedroom, so just throw that on and you'll be good to go. And what is the ultimate bedroom ballad from Keith Sweat? Oh, nobody. No question. Wow. Nobody. Well, I'm gonna say... This one is better than any Keith record. Let's go with the H-Town record, Knocking Off the Boots. Oh my gosh, I cannot stand that song. If, I, <laughs> if it was me seasoning chicken with 21, and he put on that song, I'd be like, no. And I like H-Town, but I never was a fan of that song. I don't That's, know why. Not my yeah. thing. It's all good. But, Ed, we gotta give props to Keith Sweat here, because probably about two weeks ago, we were asking you, where is Keith? During this whole lockdown, because he was like nowhere to be found. And I told you he was working on something. I told Mm y'all. Never doubt your boy. So, last week, he announces that he's doing a live concert for free. 
mind you, for free, so he's not getting the bag. It's not about uh, the bag, it's about the love. He had 112 on there, he had Next, and we were trying to figure out how were they actually all going to perform together? Are they going to do it in separate um, Instagram live channels? Like, how is it going to work? Because social distancing is still a thing, so it's people real. shouldn't be hanging out together, but... We, I watched 112, Mike and Slim were there, as well as the two dancers. Next was, Stop was, it! Well, they were there, and then the uh, the, three, <laughs> the three members of Next performed together. Um, so, Keith, he, he brought it production-wise. He, he gave us quality R&B concerts. As always, Keith has proven to be the godfather of R&B. He has given y'all what you've asked for, this entertainment classic R&B songs that you've been asking about and everybody who was doubting him is like oh what's Keith doing he mm-hmm. had some hits lined up and I, I missed the concert because I was working but people were texting me the whole time saying it was awesome I heard Next killed it sure it was a good time yeah and Keith just announced and I gotta give him some more props Ed I don't give a lot of props normally but the next show that's set to take place I think this is next week we're gonna have Lloyd Pretty Ricky and Bobby V, so even the millennials are getting some love from Keith. See, and you always say, oh, you never show love to the other generations. Well, that's exactly what Keith is doing. This is your generation, Kyle, that millennial tour. They are getting some love next week. Look at Keith just getting R&B together. This is what leadership is about. Keith for president. (laughs) Well, we'll see what happens the following week when he tries putting together that 2010 list. That might get kind of rough. Um... I hope he's got Miguel on speed dial and everybody else's numbers turned off. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> wow. Uh, Ed, speaking of 112, we just mentioned them earlier. They were a part of that free concert series. And some big news for everyone here, if you haven't heard, they're going to be doing their versus battle with Jagged Edge. This is a rivalry that has been going on since 1996. All the way, yep. And I can think of... You know, there was a point in time where if you were a 112 fan, you couldn't be a Jagged Edge fan and vice versa. So it's cool to see that this is all finally taking place. Of course, we know behind the scenes they're all cool and they're all friends. But, you know, to us R&B lovers who want to create this fantasy world of, oh, these guys don't like each other, this is that time to see them play their hits, play everything that they've done, showcase their legacy. Ed, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. You always do. Who's going to win that battle? Oh, please. We've discussed this over on the Soul and Stereo Cypher on Facebook. Go check us out if you haven't already. The battle is already one player. 112 knocks it out of the park. If you look at their first... And I'm a, I'm a J.E. fan. I love J.E. I don't like their last album, but I love <laughs> J.E. If you look at their first three albums, by they I mean 112, debut is a five-star album. Don't saw my album. It's a five-star album. Third album is close to a five-star album. I went back and reviewed all of them about a year ago, and I had to knock it to a four and a half because it was close. Those three albums are better than all the Jagged Edge's albums. And that I'm not saying that is beef. I'm not saying that is hate. I love Jagged Edge. I love Hard. I love J.E. Heartbreak. I love the debut. I play them all the time. But when you match up 112's best to Jagged Edge's best, them 112 boys got them. And we ain't even started talking about the features. That's a whole nother thing that's going to knock them out of the box. It's going to be fun, but 112's already got it in the bag. I don't know how you can say this with a straight face when you have a biggie picture behind you, Ed. I gotta reala- you got to realize this. This is, not a, this is not about the sexy album cuts. This is not about the great vocals. Ed, this is about hits. That's what this battle is. That's, and, you're right. And, Jagged and Edge- look at that hit right there. What does Jagged Edge have... To hit that, not a thing. I'm going to throw this at you because I don't think you realize this. Because I just remembered it the other day. Jagged Edge wrote Nice and Slow by Usher. And that's a big hit. Yes, that's true. That's a big one. Are they going to use that? Or is that going to be cheating? We don't know. But I still don't know if they can match up song per song. And I know, again, when we're talking about a hits battle, people get it confused. Some people think it's like a vocal battle. It's not about who sings better. It's not about who has the most albums or whatever. It's about who has the most hits. And you match up hit per hit per hit. I'm still going with 112. They got a very deep catalog. And if they just stick with the first three or four years of their career, they can knock J.E. out of the box. J.E., I will say, had more consistency later on. Yeah, That will help them. But for my intents and purposes, 
It's a wrap. See, I think the thing with JE is they have a lot of great songs, songs that are even hits, but the hits sound very similar to one another. And I think when you put that in a versus battle, it's not going to show the impact that the songs had because immediately you're going to say, oh, this song sounds like the other song they just played. And I think that's going to diminish the value of what they're going to try to be able to—they're going to be able to do on that in that battle. It's always been a criticism of Je that their biggest hits all sound the same. And yeah. the thing is, they had a sound at work, and they didn't deviate from it. I'm kind of not mad at them for that because we've seen a lot of artists go against the grain about what did work, and they kind of rode that wave. And it never really got old to me. Sometimes things get run into the ground, but when you put all of those in one block together, there's going to be a lack of diversity. You're right. Some people are going to be like, yeah, this sounded like the last three songs, and 112's got Big L over here, and Lil' Kim over here, and Mace over here, and Puffy over here, and mm-hmm. Faith over here. It's going to be hard to keep up. Well, that was the other thing I was thinking. 112 has a couple of Biggie records, and Biggie records, people look at those are like, that's like, that's gold right there. Like, if you put a Biggie record on, immediately... You're going to no, be on top. Old. Sky's the it's limit. You put that in there, people are going to go crazy. It's but, a wrap. Ed, as I'm thinking about that, I just remembered Jagged Edge has a monumental hip-hop collaboration. Actually, they have a, two. Ugh, well, I'm afraid to ask. What are you going to say? Well, if we're going to talk about Biggie Records, can we give it up for Nasty Girl? No, we cannot give it up. It's a terrible <laughs> remix. No. We are not. Nelly played that trash the other night. No. That song is terrible. What about the record with 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 Diddy, Trade It All, and Fabulous? I, I know that Trade It All would find its way onto this, and that's a pretty good record, but yeah. it ain't no way that it's matching up to the Only You remix. Stop. No, it's not. Man, it's you don't not, like... I, mean, I love you, J.E., but it just... Y'all like, mm-mm, it's over. You don't like Nasty Girl? No, I hate Nasty Girl. I like Nasty Boy. I like the original. I don't oh. like the ugly remake. It's trash. All right. And then we can't forget about the Bow Wow record with Jagged Edge, My Baby. Oh, I can forget about it. Oh, man. <laughs> I was not seven at the time, guys. That song did nothing for me. All right. Uh, here's a hot burning question for you then. If we're talking about 112, as you know, there's only two members left in the group, Mike oh, yes. and Slim. We know, we've been knowing this for like two years, and it's such a shame to see on social media people still cracking jokes about it like they just heard about it. A day ago, let's be honest, we we all know at this point. We've known for years, yes. So, and then like, watch, when this happens on Monday, there's going to be a whole group of people that's going to be like, what's going on? What's happening? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. Well, and, and shout outs to Slim because he's been clapping back at people on Instagram that have questioned him. And he basically says, you're not an actual 112 fan. You're just trolling. Because if you were an actual fan, you would have known. You would have known. That's great. Yes. Slim is telling no lies. If you're a 112 fan and you haven't listened to him since 2001, I don't know how much of a fan you are. Okay. Well, Ed, here's here's a couple of hot-burning questions for you. Why do we even need all four members to be at a versus battle? Here's the reason why. And I will give the benefit of that. When you think of 112. You think of their greatest time. We think about those three albums I talked about earlier. You think about them at their peak. That's not Mike and Slim and the other dudes. That is Slim Mike Cuteron. So I understand why we need to have all of them there. Because that's part of the celebration. It's hard to celebrate. It's like having a birthday party for your cousins. And it's like two cousins you never know. Like who are these people? Like you didn't grow up with us. Like, we want to celebrate the people that we came up with. So I understand why we need to have all four, but let's get reality into play between social distancing and social beefing. It's going to be hard for that to work out. Well, I was going to point out social distancing. Like, the whole point of these versus battles is to keep us entertained during this lockdown. So social distancing is still a thing. You can't just ignore that. So I'm okay if it's just one member. You know, as long as they play all the hits and it's a fair representation of the group. But let me ask you this then, Ed. If we're talking about a fair representation and Duran and Q are no longer a part of the group, is Slim allowed to play records that Duran and Q wrote separate 
like I Should Have Cheated by Keisha Cole? I think so. And it's, again, I know there are people be who will... We talked about this a little bit on the podcast before. It's hard for members of our generation to kind of get this, and especially the generation after us, because we haven't experienced like the Temptations and the Four Tops having all these rotating members. But that's kind of how it is for a lot of these groups. If we start segmenting, oh, well, the group X, these three guys are no longer in the group, so anything they did can't be excluded. It's going to get weird. If they're representing 112, and right now 112 is two dudes we know and two dudes we don't know, it's still all under the same 112 umbrella. I think it should be counted. Yeah. Now, if there was some shady stuff going on where somebody didn't get their money and the rights, and though, that's something else. But mm-hmm. for what we're talking about, play it. Do you think Slim will play So Fly? That was a big hit. I love that song. I don't <laughs> think he will, but... Actually, I like quite a few of the solo Slim joints. It'll be interesting. Uh, let's talk about some new music here, Ed. Yes. Uh, we mentioned Keith Sweat earlier. Mm-hmm. What a week for Keith. What a week. Well, we got to talk about this song because I proclaimed that this man had the album cover of the year with the true LP. Lloyd was running naked in the woods with the guitar. And Ed, he was running, and we didn't know where he was running to. It looked like he ran into a time machine, and he brought it back to 1990. That new record, Ed. Talk it about is, that record. First of all, I'm mad you're still bringing up that <laughs> that album cover. The only thing he, I hope he was running to was Target to put some draws on. I do not need to see you butt naked in the woods, looking like Tarzan or Harry and the Hendersons or something. But anyway, this record is my type of record. So it is, man, I forget the name of it. Kyle, you remind us the name of it. But it's featuring my man, Teddy Riley. Yep. It samples Keith Sweat. Classic 80s beats. And Lloyd is doing his thing over it. It is fantastic. It is the type of R&B I love because it is a nod to tradition. It's a nod to a classic record. But it's a 2020 spin on it. So... It doesn't sound old, it doesn't sound stodgy, it doesn't sound dated, but it sounds familiar without sounding like he's just biting the song. I yeah. So the record One of is my called, favorites of the year, maybe. record is called Slow Wine. Slow or, Wine. Or Baseline. Like Ed, have you heard the extended version of that song? It's like I five. listened to the extended version Yo. first because I am old school and I remember the maxi singles. Y'all don't know nothing about the maxi singles, player. <laughs> I that's what that reminded me of, so I went there so I could hear that good Teddy outro. Yep, I loved it. Yeah, that outro, man. Like we're so used to songs being two minutes now, but Teddy Lloyd and and even Keith, they got us hooked on for five minutes straight. And five minutes, almost six minutes, a six, six minute song. That's four Summer Walker songs. Yep. And I gotta ask you about Lloyd because Lloyd is one of my favorite artists, and. Like, the progression I've seen from him from the start of his, his career till now, I can't think of a lot of artists that have evolved their sound and done it tastefully more than Lloyd has. Think about that true record he put out a couple years back. Very mature, very age-appropriate. And now the Slow Wine record, again, very age-appropriate. And even in the intro, he says, nobody wants to slow it down anymore. And yep. he took it there. He, he, he slowed it down. And here's what I like about Lloyd. I will say, in his early days when he was doing songs with your girl Ashanti on talking about the South Side, <laughs> uh, he wasn't... I didn't dislike him, but I didn't love, love him. He yeah. was fine. He was fine for what he was. But we have really seen a maturation of Lloyd over these past few years. And I think it's a combination of, number one, some experience coming into play, some life things happening. Yep. And he's starting to be like... it's kind of incorporating that so the music sounds a little bit more mature, not as, you know, I don't want to say juvenile, but, you know, it was it was for a younger set. However, not only that, he's evolving his sound. The sounds are getting, the writing's getting better, yep. the production's getting better. He's getting better and better with every release. We've seen so many people come out on at this level and over years just... But it's the opposite for him, and I love to see that kind of growth. Shout out to Lloyd. He has made me, in the past three or four years, a much bigger fan than I've ever been. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just trying to think of anybody else that's been able to accomplish that 
and R and B because it seems like a lot of these artists now that we grew up loving, they're they're trapping. I don't think they're everybody has trapping. Yet. Yeah, and that's a that's a good question. There's some people who have started out high, went low, and then kind of regained some steam. But it's hard for me to think of someone. I'm sure someone will remind me. Yep. I'm sure. Shout out to the Brown on the on the cipher. I'm sure he'll be he'll jump in and remind me. But there are few artists who started a level and again not bad, just okay, but mm-hmm. progress so well. I can't think of anybody. Yeah. So shout out to Lloyd, man. He just keeps doing his thing, keeps progressing his sound and elevating it. We love it. Um, Ed, I've got another record here to talk about. Um, Ro James, we talked about him last week. Mm-hmm. And we were like, what's going on with the album? Why is it coming out? It doesn't seem like he's ready. And one name that we brought up was Miguel in terms of how we think he should approach his career. He has a record yep. with Miguel now. Ed, Look talk at about that. the song. Spoken <laughs> into existence. And as we've talked about before with the other records, uh, they were just okay. The, the Brandy joint and the other song, they didn't really grab me. There was nothing about it. I felt like there was like a lack of energy. There was just something that just didn't get it over the hump for me. Of the three, this one by far is the best. This is the one that actually resonated with me after the three or four minute runtime. Mm. So, again, I hope that he has some hidden gems on this album that will be out hopefully next week this time. You can never tell these days. But if we do get the album, I do hope there's some hidden cuts in there. I haven't been a biggest fan of their singles, even though I'm a big Ro James fan. This song hits, though. I think this is along the lines that he needs to continue to travel. Well... It's a beautiful thing with the internet now. Like an artist can pretty much record an album up until it actually comes out. So pretty much, yeah. Roe has an opportunity. He still has a week. I mean, it's not a lot of time, but he still has an opportunity to create some hits, create some heat. And Ed, he could even pull a Kanye and just put out like a unfinished version of the album and just keep revamping it, right? How about we never pull a Kanye in any way, shape, or form? <laughs> Remember he was putting out rough drafts yep. and being like, stream my album, but don't wait, I'm going to change it. Like, play yeah. a stop. That got turn in confusing. your homework. You know, once your homework is turned in, it's turned in. You can't kick it back from the teacher and redo it. It's yeah, that, that was very, very confusing. Uh, Mary J. Blige dropped a new record, Can't Be Life. It's off the body cam soundtrack produced by Chucky Thompson. Ed, we've been waiting on a new Mary J. album. It seems like she's just dropped singles here and there. Mm-hmm. No word of a new album. This record is off a soundtrack, like I said, so just talk about this song a little bit. I thought it was okay. It's not anything that's going to change the world. It's not some classic sound. It's not some revival of anything. And I don't really see it catching fire. Like, what was the joint she did where um, Jasmine Sullivan wrote it a couple years back? Think of it. Think of it, yeah. If that one was one that was like, okay, Mary, Mary's back. Yeah. This was a solid, it sounds like a solid soundtrack song. And Mary fans will eat it up. I liked it for what it was. It's solid. Nothing is going to change the world. I never heard of this movie. But is she in the movie? Is it a Netflix yeah, movie? Yeah, she's, she's, uh, she's one of the lead actresses in this movie. Looks kind of netflix it, like you're going to get it out of the red box. But we'll see. Shout out to Mary. <laughs> get your coins. Get that bag, Mary. I just remember that record she had with Nas... I guess last year, Thriving? Yep. With the Annoying And everybody, people love that song, but it just never really went anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, it'll be interesting to see what Mary has stored for us, uh, in store for us. And let me ask you some questions about these two artists, because they just dropped new records here. And mm-hmm. maybe we don't have to talk about the songs, but I do have to ask these questions. So, Candy, uh, Candy dropped a new song, Used to Love Me, Candy from Escape. And it seems like, I don't know if you've noticed this as well, uh, on social media, people joke about how she can't sing, and I see it more and more now. Like, has this always been a thing? Because I don't remember this being a thing. No, it's been a thing as far as I know. There are a lot of artists that we can look at 2020 and say, I don't remember anybody ever saying they couldn't sing. Well, let me tell you from somebody who's been around since the 90s. There are a lot of people... We just talked about Mary. She's another one that have always been like, I don't know about them vocals. And that's okay because, look, it's not always about vocals, as we have discussed before. Candy has never been Kelly Price with the Pops. Trust me. So, no, that's not new at all. But I'm asking more in the, the perspective of not that 
she can't sing, sing like like Kelly Price or or Jasmine Sullivan. But there's people out there that just laugh at her vocals and they joke about it. And I feel like with Candy's vocals, no, she's not the vocal powerhouse that a lot of these other artists are. But her tone, like it was just so unique that yeah. I. And, and, and when you look at her and Tiny, and then you compare it to like the sisters from Escape, like their tone is, is what helped with the records. Along with the sisters, of course, with their powerhouse vocals. But I don't know. I, I think singing ha- has more to do with just, you know, just being a powerhouse vocalist. Like, if you I have a totally, unique tone, it's cool. I totally agree. You see these little memes that are always floating around social media, and they'd be like five faces. And like, who's the best singer? And people are always like, Fantasia. It's mm-hmm. like you pick the person who's the loudest. And like, who not yeah. who's the loudest singer. Who's the best? And for me, when I come to... And it's all in the mind of the beholder or the ear of the beholder. Because for me, what makes a great singer isn't who can yell people out to church, but it's dexterity. What can you do with your voice? How can you ebb and flow with your voice? Candy ain't never been the best, but the way Candy worked is that it was very distinct. Every time Candy sang, you knew who Candy was. You never had to say what. And she worked well within a group. What makes a good... Think of Drew Hill. Everybody has a distinct voice. Yep. And you can pick them out. But they mesh together. And that's why Escape worked well. So no, she didn't need to be a powerhouse. Because they already had Latasha in them. So it wouldn't have worked. She worked for what it was. And even her solo stuff is okay. Again, she, I ain't going to have her singing at my, at my <laughs> wedding. She's right. not going to be singing the national anthem. But what she does, she does pretty well. And in the context of a group, it's fine. So a lot of this, oh, she can't sing, a lot of that is out of context because people did not see her in the midst of Escape doing her part with Tiny and the sisters and making sure that that group was cohesive overall. She played a part. Mm-hmm. So shout-outs to Candy, also a beast on that pen. I'd be actually interested to see if she does a versus battle because she's written a lot of hits, but... She's written a lot of hits. I'm sure she's st- sleeping on a stack of Ed Sheeran money right now while we're speaking. That lady guy hits for days. Mm-hmm. But you know what's crazy is, you know, I-, I don't really care too much about these versus battles. That's just me personally. Nothing to do with the artist. But over the last couple of days, I've seen a lot of people, you know, they want Missy Elliott on these battles. And, like, I kept trying to think, who can you even put Missy Elliott with? I definitely don't think any females can match up to Missy. Someone had mentioned Diane Warren, but Missy's versatility far surpasses anything Diane does. I mean, Diane Warren has some great hits, but Missy from rap to R&B, singing, the whole thing, like she can do it all. So I'm just trying to think, can anyone even really match up with Missy, female or male? I wouldn't think so. I've seen a lot of people say Missy and Busta is the the battle they want to see. Like... If it was a music video battle, I could see it. But I think people, I think what happens is people in their mind try to match up people. So it's like Missy is known for like wild and crazy stuff. Busta is known for wild and crazy stuff. But if you match hit for hit, it won't work. And it's an unfair battle because you can't put Missy's R&B stuff up against Busta's crazy club stuff. It won't work. So... I like the versus battles. They when they work, they work. One twelve and Jagged Edge. That's a natural battle that yep. works. But some of them y'all are trying to force, and it just ain't working. Just let it be. Just let it be. It'll be cool. Everybody ain't got no versus battle. Ed, what about Missy versus Pharrell? Two of VA's finest. Does that make sense? That makes more sense, but yeah. that again doesn't make any sense because I don't think that. And style, they, they match up stylistically, yeah. but when it comes to content, it wouldn't work. Missy's got way too much solo stuff. Pharrell would have to like be pulling a whole bunch of his feature stuff. And Pharrell has solo stuff. Yeah. But he I don't think there are 20 solo Pharrell hits out there. He would have to be pulling in all his features, and then that gets... He, that's kind of yeah. like cheating. True. I mean, he could, play happy. Too strong. he could play happy 20 times straight. I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with it, but I'm sure most people listening to this podcast would not. Okay. <laughs> they would dip out after, like, time number four. Yeah. Because don't you remember Pharrell made a music video for Happy and it was, like, 24 hours long? Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. That was the most – I was like, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm not going to watch this thing. <laughs> I forgot all about that. 
Uh, I don't have enough time in the day to watch him jump around for a literal day. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Pharrell, the Neptunes put out a track with Dead Mouse. Um, a lot of people may not be aware, but the Neptunes did Justin Timberlake's Man of the Woods album, and they've been slowly but surely putting out new material, the NRD, NERD album that came out two years mm-hmm. ago. And this one, this song right here sounds like some of the some of that Daft Punk stuff that Pharrell was doing. Um, Ed, did you hear this song? I did hear this song, um, and I heard the Daft Punk um, kind of the the connection there. To me, this one, the reason why I like them is they're a little bit more funky soulfulness. There's yeah. a little bit of futuristic Parliament James Brown kind of infused in it. This one is not quite on that lane, mm-hmm. but it's enjoyable for what it is. It's one of those songs that I feel like if it was on like a video game I was playing, yeah. I'd be like, oh, this is my song, but it's not something I would necessarily be like riding around in a whip to. Yeah. But so. it's an enjoyable little bouncy track. It's what the Neptunes do. They know how to make that feel good, just bouncy music. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what their music sounds like in 2020. They've always been ahead of their time. They're working on Monica's album, so mm-hmm. that'll be a fun one. Monica actually has a lot of heavy hitters on the album. I think Polo's on that album. The Neptunes are on that album. I think Dallas Austin might even be on that album. So we might be getting chapter 38 or I guess 42 But at this point. It'll be a good chapter 57 by the time we get it. But I guarantee you one thing, that photographer will take a picture of every one of those Ed, people in that studio. Ed, that IG will be popping. I forgot about that, but we might have to get into another early play of please here, Ed. Oh boy, what happened now? Ed, Monica was at a funeral, or a celebration of life, if you will. And the next day on Instagram... She had professionally taken photos from that funeral. And that happens. I'm not going to say that doesn't happen. You could have a photographer there. But, man, she was posing like she was doing American America's Next Top Model. I was like, is this appropriate for the situation? Oh, my God. I think her argument, I... Ed, her argument is that uh, it was a celebration of life. I saw this, and it's funny. I totally forgot about this. So I saw people, like, pissed off about it. And I think there are two schools of thought here. Number one, there is a school of thought of people who did not realize that people take photos at funerals. Mm-hmm. I think that it just might be, I don't know if it's a black southern thing or what, but people do take photos at funerals. In fact, if you go to like most folks' houses, the pictures that they have up on the walls from their family, if everybody's wearing black, it's because they took it at a funeral. Like That's just how it is. So that I didn't have a problem with. I mean, if you want to go old school, like my grandparents will take pictures of the body in the casket. Mm. We don't do that no more, thankfully. Uh, some but people do. They'll, they'll Snapchat it. Oh, <laughs> don't do that, y'all. No, don't you do shouldn't. That. But the, I do think some of them photos were a little too posy and I wouldn't say sexy, but they were a little too, I mm. don't know. They were a little much. They weren't like family photos. Right. They were, I thought they were too stylized, but y'all grieve like y'all grieve. Don't come to my funeral doing that. I will hop out the casket. Wow. And, uh, yeah, <coughs> there was another photo of her. Like, very candid moments, too, right? Where she was, like, <coughs> wiping her tears off with a tissue. Ed, whoever that photographer is, I need a, I, she needs a raise, or he needs a raise. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get that person to record our podcast. Yep, exactly. The dedication is real. Yep. Uh, <coughs> another record I want to talk here, two records here, Tiana Taylor made it and bear with me. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to these ones, but Tiana Taylor's album, which is titled <coughs> The Album, is coming out in June. And she's put out a couple of records since the start of the year. She had uh, the record with Diddy's son, King Combs, the How mm-hmm. Do You Want It song. I know you remember that one. She had the song with Kalani, very explicit song. <laughs> Your type of record, yes. Yeah, it's very explicit. So I, I, I actually don't know what the hook is on that song, but, you know. Uh, I don't think you got to the hook. No. I don't even like that. <laughs> but, Ugh. Ed, the album is coming out next month. And for me, <coughs> I remember her last album, that seven-song album that Kanye did as part of his, you know, weekly R&B album or hip-hop album thing. And I remember the hype 
behind Tiana Taylor's album, and some of it was taken away because she was put to release her album last, after Pusha, after Nas, after Kanye, after after Kid Cudi. She doesn't have that this time around, and it feels like, to me, the momentum isn't the same. Is that a fair assessment? I think so, but a lot of that momentum was really residual Kanye momentum. And if you don't remember, a lot of that thing around that time was... Kanye, he's back. This is him coming off of all that controversy. Yep. I'm pre- I'm getting back to my producer roots. Everybody thought it's going to be 2004 again with the Soul Beats. Didn't quite work out that way. I like the Pusher album a whole lot. I like the Nas album more than most people. The Tiana album was a bit of a letdown. And then I know that she started complaining online about mm-hmm. the album should have been this and that. And it was a lot of foolishness. So a lot of that momentum has slowed, but honestly, a lot of that momentum, I will just say it and be real, because that's why y'all have me up here. It wasn't so much her, it was just the buzz around all these projects. Not so much, oh, we're going to get a new Tiana, it was, we're going to see what Kanye does, and hopefully Tiana can capitalize off of that. That didn't quite happen. So this time, I think we're going to be able to see her do a little bit more of her. Again, I have... I've only seen the clip of the one song where she's like dancing with the yellow Dick Tracy coat. Like yep. I've seen that. And that was okay. Tiana, I struggle with Tiana because I like a lot of Tiana songs. I liked, um, what was that album she had? I'm blanking on the name of it. With the black it cover? Was bo- yes. Yeah. I like that one. Like she has some great albums and yep. some good songs. But she struggles to, like, put the package together. She's a fantastic performer. Everybody loves to see her videos. But it's like she can't fit all three of the pieces of the puzzle together. And hopefully she can do it this time because that, to me, is what's holding her back. I agree because from a visual standpoint, like, she looks great. Her music videos are always on point. She directs a lot of those. And they always look good. Um, She can dance. She can perform. She can sing. But the records, and she has had good songs, but I think she's just missing that one hit, you know, that that one thing that's really going to spark the interest and have people tuned into what she's um, putting out. She's one of those artists, I know they get mad when I say that someone's one hit away, but she's one of those artists that's one hit away. Like, if she could get that one, I feel like it would be the momentum that she needs, but it just hasn't happened yet. And it's unfortunate because she's got talent. Yep. <laughs> so, Ed, I've got to bring up a couple of pet peeves of mine, and uh, I think no it's time boy. we clear the air on all of this. Oh, God. What is this? Uh, I'm so, afraid to ask. As you know, from our many, many years of Twitter, we've come across a lot of questionable things tweeted by people. Oh, uh, you don't say? Well, we have Darnell Jones. Darnell, who can we forget? Uh, we have John B., was his last album Cool Relax? <laughs> yes. Uh, I think some people just found out recently that uh, Mike isn't a part of Boys to Men anymore. Oh, that's true. That's true. I mean, and as we discussed earlier, people did not know 112 has been missing two members for like two years now. Yeah. And uh, people spell Missy Elliott with one T, even though she spells it out in her songs. Yes, that <laughs> one drives me nuts. Because uh, that's fam. Uh, Timberland. I don't know if I've seen Timberland. I'm not surprised, but I don't <laughs> think I've seen Timberland. And then the most recent one I saw was uh, Justin Timberland. Justin Timberland? Yes. I have never seen that. <laughs> you need new. You need a new t- Twitter stream badly. I think so. Um, man, it's so much to talk about here. Uh, can we quickly get into a soul backtrack of the day? Because I need you to of paint course. the picture for me here. All right, that's what I do. What you got? Um, so we talked about City High last week, and that was a cool moment. Uh, can we talk about? Uh, let's talk about. Actually, Tom just interviewed this artist too. I got to bring up the name here, Lanny. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Lanny? Lanny. <laughs> Sound like somebody, uncle. Who is Uncle Lanny? I might be butchering the name right now, Ed. So we're gonna skip on past that. But who is Lanny? Is this person part of a group? Is it a man or a woman? It's a woman. 
And we'll, we'll get back to that. Let me. You know what? I'm gonna quickly go on Instagram right now. I think I may have like messed, like butchered their name completely. You had to. I don't know who this is. All right, give me. I'm one. gonna see who this <laughs> Lanny. It, it it's probably isn't even Lanny. Um, uh, Lena. Sorry. Do you know what? Lila James. Who's Lena? L I N A. Lena. L I N A. I'm gonna look up. I don't think I know who Lena is. Apparently she was part of that whole, uh... Alright, I'm reading it right now. Uh... Ed, she's put out, like, seven albums. And are you sure you're pronouncing this person's name right? I have no idea who we're talking about. Name some songs. Uh... Play It No More? That sounds like a record you would know. Smooth? Nothing? Nothing, player. I'm blanking on this. Where is Tom? Like, we need some help on this one. I'm sure I know who this is, but I'm getting no help here. And this is the downside to doing a live recording. We can't edit this out anymore, so we're just going to have to skip on ahead. (laughs) (laughs) The people want it live, we got live. Because I'm, like, trying to Google, and I don't know what's going on. I might just be pronouncing her name wrong, but uh, let me ask... Someone will get us and yell at us because we're butchering something, but I am blanking right now, whoever this is. Well, let's do this then, Ed. So backtrack of the day. All right. And we're going to make this a which one is better here. Okay. Because Beanie Man just did a versus battle. Yes, yes. I missed it, but I heard it was the most electric and energetic versus of all time. This is true. Uh, so let me ask you this. Which is the better record? Feel It Boy or... Girl Them Sugar. Please. I, you, all you had to say was Girls Them Sugar. Nothing will beat it. Wow. That is my pick. Sorry, I ain't feel it, boys. Girls Them Sugar. That Neptune's beat is like... That must be a top three Neptune's beat right there. It's up there. I, I'm sure I ranked the Neptune's beat at some point. I'm sure that was in there. It ain't better than grinding, but it's it's uh, it's high on the list. It's like a Oh, I love that song. Except I don't know what else is... Except I have no idea what else is going on in that song, Ed. Well, no one knows what's going on. They just know what Maya's singing. Like, don't worry. Just wait for Maya to come on and then just repeat whatever Beanie's talking about. Mm. That's a classic. When you think of, like, a Neptune's beat, like, that beat embodies more of their sound than probably any other. This is It just sounds like a Neptune song. Absolutely. Uh, Ed, it's time for the real player, please, here. Okay, what you got? Uh, your girl Doja Cat. No, we're not going. I, I, I should have known we would get. We're, we're not going to that part because I don't know what's. I haven't even read up on all the on the controversy, but I have my Ugh. own beef with Doja Cat. What did Doja do to you? So her records say so, which I love. Number, I was... it's a number one hit on uh, Billboard. Let the record state that I told y'all in like. October, November, that that record was going to be big. But yes, continue. And I think Nicki Minaj was on the remix, so she counts as having a number one record now. So congrats to Nicki. Now, I never will congratulate her, but whatever. All right. I congrats Doja, but Nicki gets no love. So, Ed, you used to get mad at Chris Brown for his brilliant marketing strategy to get people to stream his songs. Uh-huh. Play, press play, go to sleep, and just let the thing run. Yes. Well, Doja Cat took it up a notch and said, if you make this song number one, I will show you my boobs. Ed, the song has hit number one, and I have not seen boobs. <laughs> I want oh a refund. God. Put that song back at number three. Now, I will not be a conspiracy theorist here, and I won't get into all of the controversy about whatever the racial stuff she has going on, but Twitter told me that the reason why the skeletons were drug out of the closet were because they were mad when the nipples were not unleashed, as she promised, and people went to digging. This is why you don't make 
stupid promises. And, and I know people will say, oh, it's just Doja Cat. She's just being crazy because it's Doja Cat. Yes, Doja Cat's crazy, but Doja Cat's also an adult. Yep. Don't be selling your, your, your nipples for streams. That's what we're doing. Yep. And I'm sure there's a section of the internet that was stupid enough to believe they was going to get some Doja action. And since we're on video... Um... Yeah. <laughs> no, we're on video. You're incriminating yourself, player. All right. Anyway... Look, y'all won't get no Doja Cat milk puppies. Like, it won't happen. Wow. It won't happen. So be mad if you want to. And yes, she's crazy and ridiculous and apparently, like, low-key racist and a troll. But the song's still good, I guess. Eh, everybody's crazy, Kyle. I don't understand. I don't <laughs> understand this world. Well, do you Didn't this th- song just go to number one and we just like, yeah, the song is go to number one. We got to be out here peddling draws. We got to be putting nipples on display. Mm-hmm. We got to be getting our kids to be streaming the song over and over in the middle of the night. Why can't you just say, oh, this song is dope. I listened to it once and I bought it for $4.99, the maxi single, and mm. leave it be. Yeah, that's not how it works. See, Ed, I'm a conspiracy theorist too, and I say if she didn't make that tweet, it probably wouldn't have gone number one. Oh, I I think it, I don't know. I, it, I'm thinking it would have gone number one. It but I don't would. think all this stuff wouldn't have come out if it hadn't. I think that she kind of played herself on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed, I'm just on So In Stereo right now, your website. And mm-hmm. uh, there was a head-to-head that asked, is Boys to Men the best male R&B group of the 90s? Yep. And I haven't I, I haven't read your answer yet, but... What is your answer, yes or no? My answer is yes. Wow. I know that for you Jodeci stands, it don't sit well. And I can't remember. I'm terrible. I can't remember who I was doing the head-to-head with. I've done, like, so many of them in the past week. Yep. Who was that, who was that one on that one? That one who was, was with post? Vocals. Oh, yeah. Shout out my man Vocals. Yes. Vocals, he did that. That was a great um, addition. Yes. I think that they are the best of the 90s. They had the best album. I think they had the widest reach. And I know that a lot of times we're like, ooh, pop. Like the whole goal isn't to create an R&B record that can not only be number one, but cross over and hit number one on all sections. And that's what they did. Boys and Men did more to raise the profile of R&B and make it mainstream than any other group. That alone. Ah. That alone, Kyle. Uh, that alone. Diary of a Mad Band, Ed. It's a great album. I'm not saying it's not. Diary, it's a great album. Diary it ain't better of a than Mad Boys and Men best album. Oh, but man. it's a great album. Di- Ed. Influence. Yes. Sound. That's great. Yes. KC. But it ain't, it ain't better. Ed. Oh, man. All right. It what about What about 112? Two great albums in the 90s. Um, I think I mentioned this in the post, and it was a while. That that one was a few weeks ago. Um, I think I mentioned 112 and Drew Hill and that, and I didn't include them because I felt like their influence was more at the end of the year. Sure. They, they had 96, 97, 98, 99 on lock. Boys and Men pretty much ran the gamut through the whole year. And while they're the end of the year, their influence waned a little bit, I felt like their overall reach was stronger, whereas those... Drews and JEs and 112s, they were kind of the end of the year into the 2000s. So they kind of led the next generation. Well, what are your thoughts on their fourth and fifth album? Their fifth album is Full Circle, right? Yes. Yeah, I started it... getting them mixed up after, um, after the fourth one. It was Sean, Nathan, all their names. The names album. What did you think about those two albums? Because I, I see a lot of mixed reviews on those ones. Obviously not as big as the first three, but, like, what did you think about those ones? I thought they were okay. Um, the Full Circle album has a lot of closet fans. There are a lot of people that have come out in recent years and been like, that's their best album. I'm like, I don't know what you smoke. <laughs> it's okay, but their best album, I don't know about that. But there are some definite fans of it. Full Circle's I Um The album with their four names, I'm yeah. going to mix it up, so I'm just going to say that. That one was good. Yeah. And... They've had, like, what was the one? I think it was called, like, 20. That one is actually pretty good. That one is, like, their surprise sleeper. That was a great comeback album. Yeah. So they have good albums. Those 
that era with full circles when things started getting a little shaky, and then they did just covers for 15 years. But they've got a great catalog overall. It's just not, for whatever reason, just not really remembered for as good as it is. Now, that Collide album, that is not a good album. No, it's not. <laughs> and I can't remember who in the cypher. There's someone in the cypher who loves that album and defends it to their dying breath. And there's some good songs on it. But whoo, what a disaster. That thing's all over the place. Just a little bit. Ed, what's going on with SoInStereo.com? Well, I'm glad you asked because, as you mentioned, we've been doing a bunch of these head-to-head pieces. And people seem to love them, so thank you for yep. shouting those out. And thanks for those who are participating. Last week we had one, me going back and forth with um, my man Will, talking about Drake. And then most recently we had one where we focus on the greatness that is Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. So two very different artists. But two really good conversations. So check those out. And just for you, Kyle, there's a new edition of Love Letters up as well. Oh, that's exciting. We love Love, love Letters around here. Oh, yes. You love getting into people's business. <laughs> that's what we do. Uh, on my end, we have a couple of uh, cool interviews that we're waiting to publish. I interviewed Rodney Jerkins about a week ago and uh, Antonio Dixon from The Underdogs. And a lot of people, I'm just trying to think of names right now, uh, but pretty much every day on Instagram we're doing something. Uh, Tom just interviewed a producer as well, Uh, Brian Alexander Morgan, the guy that does all the SWV stuff, so that was pretty cool. And uh, we're going to... big fan. And I think we're going to slow down a little bit because I think we're trying to... Well, first of all, we have too much content, so we're trying to figure out how to publish all of it. And uh, so, so once that's done, we'll, we'll we'll be good again, and maybe we'll do one like once a week. But Ed, I think that's it for this week. Here, we this is our first video one. I hope it saved and recorded and and the whole thing. If not, then people are going to think we're nuts because all they're going to be hearing is the audio. But we're hoping that this worked. And Ed, we're going to continue this. I think Zeppelin wants to join us soon. So Zeppelin, if you're out there, we're waiting. Oh, Zeppelin, I'm sure it will come through and be like, when am I getting my time to shine? Player, you will be on soon. Trust and believe. Yep. So, Ed, I think that's it for this week. We'll get Tom back next week and talk more R&B. But until then, Ed, I'm going to undress myself, go naked, grab a guitar, and see what it does for me. Hey, it did great things for Lloyd. Um, I will be sure not to watch that. Don't send me any photos. I will report you. No. (laughs) And then I can truly meet you at the south side. (laughs) (laughs) I will not. You will be at the south side by yourself. I will make sure you are at the crossroads, not the south side. Wow. All right, Ed. I think that's it for this week. I will talk to you next week. All right, player. See y'all.